Welcome to the What is Happening in Salt Lake podcast series, brought to you by slc.gov and the Salt Lake Small Business Development Center. The purpose of the podcast series is to review topics relevant to Salt Lake-based business owners and startups, as well as to highlight success stories from other entrepreneurs. Welcome, everybody, to the Startup SLC podcast. Today, we'll be interviewing Raymond Christie, Airport Senior Planner, DBE Coordinator for the Disadvantaged Business Enterprise Program at the Salt Lake City Airport. Uh, before we jump into it, let's do brief introductions. My name is Peter Collister. I'm an advisor with the Salt Lake City Small Business Development Center. I'm Will Wright with Salt Lake City Economic Development. And Edward Bennett with the Suazo Business Center. Well, Raymond, thank you for making time. Uh, tell us a little bit about the program. It's a mouthful, and we'd love to learn more. Thank you, and it's really a pleasure to be here. I really am glad the opportunity to get information out for small businesses around our valley and in our community on how they can help build a business by working out here at the airport. I'm in a very unique section where I advocate for small businesses to help them grow their businesses. This unique program is funded through the United States Department of Transportation. In fact, other agencies around the state that receive funds from the United States Department of Transportation, such as transit, highway, airport, airports have to implement this program. In a nutshell, the program is designed to take the catch out of a catch-22. You know, catch-22, you know, you can't get any experience if you don't have any jobs, and you can't get any jobs if you don't have any experience. So this particular program helps encourage contractors, prime contractors, prime concessionaires to take a look at small businesses that provide goods and services that they would utilize, whether it's on construction, whether it's in concessions. And concessions includes car rental as well as food and beverage retail concessions that are in the airport. In a bigger scale, on the disadvantaged business enterprise side of the certification, that's on construction. So entities like transit and highway are doing construction all the time using federal funds. So the program is there to help small businesses, help them grow in their skills so that way they can compete in the mainstream saying, you know, I have experience building runways. I have experience doing guardrails. I have experience doing curb and gutter. I have experience being a co-runner of a concessions out of the airport. I had a sublease providing hamburgers and fries, you know, I'm thinking like Shake Shack out at the airport that, you know, the joint venture agreement is a local operator that operates the um, Shake Shack at the airport. So it's an opportunity for small businesses in our community to grow themselves. You know, one of the things that I actually really like about that program is it goes down into the trenches, right? So through the Swazo Business Center, we went to a presentation about a year and a half ago that Raymond presented. And one of the things that I found interesting was they pull directly from the NAICS codes. And I'll let you explain what that means in a second, Raymond. But one of the things that most fascinating to me was if you are like a rock chip repair company, your whole job is to repair rock chips in cars, then one of the rental vendors through the airport can hire you as a sub, as a DBE, and it falls under this program. Correct. Correct. Peter and William, one of the things that helps make this work is when the prime concessionaire or the prime contractor's contract to provide rental cars or rehab on a runway. I'm the person that says, okay, on your particular contract, 15% of your contract, 20% of your contract, 10% of your contract is your goal to work with these firms that are certified into this program. So that helps encourage these contractors who have never worked with these other businesses to go out and seek them to meet that goal in their contract. And then it's my job then to make sure that they are performing on their contract as well as they're being paid on their contract. And then when we get towards the end, if there's going to be a short form, why? What's your projection on how you're going to meet me? I'm the one that also sits there and says, okay, how are you meeting your goal? If you're meeting your goal, great. If you're not, what's your plan to correct it? So that way there is accountability and it closes that circle on start to finish to assist businesses to make sure that they get the opportunity as well as complete it and it's on their resume so they can go out and look at other projects or jobs. 
So is the program geared mainly towards primary contractors or mostly subcontractors? Well, and it's both, really, because you can get whether it's on the construction side or the concessionaire side, it's both. It presents an opportunity for a contractor or a subcontractor that gets large enough to go after a contract as a prime. It can go either way. I mean, and that's good because you get someone that grows themselves to the point that you know, they can go after a prime contract and then... And then we're looking at, they still have a goal to take a look at how they're going to work with subcontractors on the construction side and, you know, and hopefully bring them along just like someone brought them along. So, Raymond, who could and should be benefiting from this program and maybe reaching out to you and or Swazo Center to get some more information or to just initiate in the program and get started? Good question. Well, you know, I would love to have businesses come from the four corners of the state. In fact, as you guys just realized, yesterday, we just celebrated the 125th anniversary of our statehood. I would love to see businesses from the four corners of the state step up and say, hey, you know what? I'm a small business and I am looking to grow my business. And whether it's in that local community or in the the community of the state. So whether it's on the construction side, asphalt, saw cutting, stripe painting, I mean, whatever it is on the construction side, on the concession side, as far as food, beverage, and retail concessionaires, whether you have goods and services that you wish to sell, or you have that that entrepreneurial spirit to run a concessions, or on the rental car side, that you provide services like Edward was just talking about, rock chip repair, windshield replacement, auto body repair, providing brakes, providing fuels, whatever is it that you've decided to have your dream of owning and operating your own business to come forward and take a look at what this program is and how this program can help you. The one step is the certification. The certification allows a certifier to take a look at what type of business you are, what is it that you provide, do you meet the criteria as far as ownership, and then more importantly, where can you go throughout our state, whether the agencies that receive federal funds or through the Swazo Center as a referral to PTAC or SBDC, as far as how you can grow that business that you are now providing in your local community or the community at large to help, what is it that you can provide and how to go about doing that? Raymond, can you actually define what a disadvantaged business enterprise is? Under this federal program, there's four criteria that we're looking at. One, the business is owned and operated by a person that is deemed either a minority or a woman. And then when we talk about 51% ownership, we're talking about own, operate, and control. And you demonstrate that through business documents and your experience. That's one. Two, your personal net worth cannot exceed $1.32 million minus the equity that you have in your business. Thirdly, the gross receipts averaged over a three-year period cannot exceed 32, excuse me, 23.8 million dollars on the DBE side, construction side, and on the concession side, it doesn't exceed 51.3 million dollars, averaged over a three-year period. And four, and this is how this program is tied a little bit to the Small Business Administration's guidelines, that under the Small Business Administration's guidelines and the next codes are those codes that define and describe the type of work that you do, that according to the Small Business Administration's guidelines, that you are not exceeding what they consider a small business. The example I always use is low-voltage electrician. Your annual sales under the Small Business Administration size standards states that you cannot exceed $13 million in annual sales. And you have to meet all four criteria, own, operate, and control, 51% ownership, own, operate, and control. Your personal net worth cannot exceed that threshold. Your company's gross receipts averaged over a three-year period criteria, and then as a small business administration's criteria for the type of NAICS code that describes the work that you do, 
your annual sales can exceed that. So you have to meet all four criteria through business documentation and what we call an on-site interview. Someone comes out and interviews you to see how you meet the application criteria. Can you walk us through what the experience looks like for a company that is working with your program? Sure. For example, well, let's use the Swazo Center. They, you know, the Swazo Center's outreach or SBDC's outreach or my outreach that I do on what are the upcoming contracting opportunities. And someone says, hey, I'm interested in your program. Okay, well, first and foremost, I would like for you to apply for the certification. Here's the criteria, one, two, three, and four. Now, I also happen to be a certifier. So that's where I will introduce them to the Swazo Center because they're a, a business resource. And in regards to doing the applications, doing an application for the disadvantaged business enterprise, the DBE certification or the airport concessions DBE program, ACDBE, I refer them to the Swazo Business Center because they'll have that firm for free to do the certification, to do the application, accumulate the documents and put together the application. Once they have that application put together, they send it to the particular address that's on that application, which is home of the Utah Department of Transportation Civil Rights Section. And that application is reviewed. And then it's then sent to one of three certifiers in the state of Utah. That certifier then gets that application. They'll do the initial review. And then they will contact that firm to say if there's any additional documentation that is required. And then at that point, if they have everything that they need in that application, that certifier will then set up an appointment to go out and interview the firm. At the completion of the interview, based on the information that was provided in the interview and the information that's in the application, that certifier makes a decision. And that decision is either yes, certify, or no. In the case of yes, that certification is good for the entire state of Utah. So any entity that receives funds from the United States Department of Transportation can utilize that firm in the case of the airport. Now, at my desk, on my construction side, I know that every year the airport is going to do a certain amount of federally funded construction projects. So when those projects, when I'm made aware of those projects and we begin the procurement process for it, I'm asked how much of a goal do I put on that contract? So whoever's bidding on that contract, when they go out, when we advertise that bid, that contractor or those proposers are aware of what the goal is on that. And then there's a directory. All the firms that are certified into the program are now put into the directory. That goal now motivates the contractors to go seek the firms that are certified into the program to say, hey, I'm looking at doing this taxiway rehab and you do excavation work. And it helps motivate them to seek them out, to find out what work that they do, so that way they can include them as a part of their contract. Now, what that firm does, so they give them their history and they give them their bid, and then those contractors then submit their proposals. A part of that evaluation is, did someone meet the goal or exceed the goal? And if they didn't meet the goal or exceed the goal on whoever selected, what happened? And is that a viable, reasonable reason why? Now, whoever that proposer is, they're selected, and they're coming to the table with these firms that are now certifying the program to meet their goal for the contract. At that point, they get the notice to proceed, and the subcontractor is now out there working on the project, doing whatever that they provide and they do. As we get to the end of that construction project, or before we get to the end of that project along the way, I am now doing monitoring with the prime contractor. Hey, you're at 25% of your contract. How are you going to meet your goal? Oh, you got this, you got that. This is in place. This is how much you're planning to spend. Great. 50% of the project. Oh, we're still on track. 75% of the project. Oh, there's a problem. Okay, what is the problem? What's your plan to fix it? And so as we move towards the end of that project and at the conclusion of that project, the subcontractors are all paid, the prime contract is paid, the project is closed. 
And now that firm, that state out certification, now has experience on working on a United States Department of Transportation funded construction project at the airport. On the ACDB, on the airport concession side, it's kind of the same way. Whether it's an outreach, they identify themselves and they go through the certification process as the airport does its procurements. Again, each contract that the airport is putting out for bid, either it will have a contract goal or it won't. And then whoever's going to propose, either they're going to strive to meet that goal or exceed that goal. And that's how they're motivated to go out and find firms that are certified in the program to do business with them towards meeting that goal. Now, you didn't ask the question, but is it required for a small business to get certified as a DBE firm or an ACDBE firm to do business with the airport? And the answer is no. It's not required, not at all. But because I help motivate contractors and I help motivate prime concessionaires to go out and seek firms that are in the program, it's in your benefit to do the certification because it helps those that are motivated to seek you out to see what goods and services that you can provide that as a small business, you decide to work for the most toughest person in the world, yourself. So if you're going to live that dream on what you can do and how you can build a better mousetrap, here's an opportunity for you to do so. It sounds like such an amazing resource. Is it underutilized? Is it being used enough? Is it being fulfilled? Um, you know, or do we need more businesses to apply for certification and get in the pipeline? Well, you ask a very interesting question, Will. I have heard for years and years, and I've been doing this a while, and I've heard for years and years and years how small businesses are a part of the backbone of the state's economy. You know, back in 2008, when the recession hit the rest of the country pretty hard, the businesses here in the state of Utah, the impact on the, of the recession really was not as great as it was in other parts of the country. And so my point is, if small businesses are a strong backbone of the state, let alone our city, how come we don't have more small businesses applying for the program? And that's a good question. You know, I've worked with, I work with PTAC. I work with SBDC. I work with a lot of other agencies and organizations that are out there advocating for small businesses. And over the years and years and years, not a lot of small business firms have heard about the program. So that always has been a big question, even for me, even to this day. But there's hope. There's hope that podcasts like yours uh, will help encourage more people to look at what opportunities are out there, what agencies and organizations are doing to help advocate for small businesses. And because we are a part of the process, how we can help advocate them to get over that threshold into the program and looking at opportunities that are available for small businesses to grow in our local community, within our region, within our state. So how long has this program been around? Has it been around since before the new airport? Oh, it's been around it came out back in the late 80s. In fact, the beginnings of this program are out of the Reagan administration. So those of you old enough know this has been around for a while. It's just not been utilized that much by a lot of businesses here in the state. What has the experience of the new airport been with your program? Well, the experience has been really great. You know, one of the things I'm really proud of, the fact that on the concession side of the business, the last time the airport went out for a procurement for concessionaires was 2010. And we just completed the last procurement back in 2017, 2018, to get ready for opening day, September 15th of 2020. And here's the dramatic turn. In 2010, out of all the firms that are certified, there were only six firms that were a part of contracts in 2010. Now, the significance of that is that contract is a, on the retail side is a seven-year contract. On the food and beverage side, it's a 10-year contract. So in 2010, we only had six firms that were owned by small businesses doing business in the airport for a period of anywhere between seven and 10 years. 
September 15th, when we opened up the new airport, and again, contracts seven and 10 years, we jumped from six to 14 businesses owned by small businesses that are either operating or have a sublease in the air. As far as a joint venture partnership, we jumped from one to 13. And that was through the help of my friends, my friends over at PTAG, helping me get the word out on information on you know, this concession procurement that's coming up. My friends through the Suazo Business Center, my friends over there at the Small Business Development Center, the Hispanic Chamber, the Utah Black Chamber, the Davis County Chamber of Commerce. Those friends helping me get that information out for that dramatic change. Another area of opportunity is on the rental cars. There, I have very, very few small businesses that are providing their goods or services for rental car companies. One of the biggest ticket dollar items is body repair. You know, buy a paint shop that is owned and controlled by a small business. Just recently, we were able to certify the only woman-owned windshield replacement and windshield repair. I mean, and this windshield replacement, we're talking trucks as well as cars, that we're able to certify that now this firm is doing business with the major rental car companies that are on airport property. And I know that there's a lot of other items out there that can be provided by businesses in the local community, whether it's security, locksmith, brake parts, headlights. I mean, there's just a slew of them that are out there that they can be providing. And I know they're out there. I know you're out there. It's just a matter of making you aware of getting information to you that these opportunities exist. And not just at the airport. You know, Utah Transit Authority has a lot of vehicles. Uh, Utah Department of Transportation has a lot of vehicles. And not that I'm going to speak for them, but there's opportunity that the small businesses in our community need to be aware of. And then that way they can access those opportunities so they can help grow their business. Well, that's fantastic, Raymond. Uh, I have one final question, and I'm sure Will and, and Eddie have some others. Uh, for companies that are non-minority small businesses, they can still work with your program. They just can't be certified as a business. Is that correct? That's correct. The strength of my program comes from the criteria that's been set up. Businesses owned by women minorities have been disparaged for years and years and years. So the program is designed to help grow those companies. Um, now, as the city or the state or other municipalities along the, in the state understand the impact that small businesses bring to this economy in our state, hopefully we'll develop policies and changes so that way they incorporate how small businesses impact up economically impact their communities and they develop those policies so that way they can encourage small businesses in their own small communities to do business with their public dollars. The good thing is agencies like SBDC, PTAC, they have the connections to those folks that are not federally funded and what those opportunities are to help plug those businesses into those opportunities and make them aware. So it's kind of like working hand in hand as we all plant seeds all throughout the state and looking to see what it grows out to be. Because again, those small businesses are a good backbone for our state's economy. So Raymond, thanks. It's good to see you again. And thanks so much for joining us to talk about the program. For businesses who are listening to this and want to get the ball rolling, who do they contact? Where do they start? Well, they can start two places. They can start with my friends over at the Swazo Business Center, giving them a call and saying, hey, I heard about this Raymond guy. Tell me a little bit about that. And that's that's one place to start. Or even, you know, call anybody over there at the SBDC and say, hey, I heard about this program. Tell me a little bit more about it. Or they can give me a call directly at 801-575-2945. They're more than glad to tell them about what the program is and how it works. Or as I start gearing up for upcoming years, I'm looking at doing outreach programs. And right now, I'm looking at doing an outreach program coming up in June timeframe, June, July timeframe. Somebody once said, hey, if Raymond's having an outreach program, you need to be there. That means he was in the back room bending arms and making sure folks are motivated 
to be there. And those folks that are there, those are folks you want to talk with because they're decision makers. So, you know, annually, I will be annually, I do outreach sessions on both the construction side of, of the house and on the concession side of the house. And every once in a while, I'll have a friend from transit or from highway or from Park City Corporation stop in and talk about what kind of contracting opportunities that they have. So that's my way of hopefully motivating your audience to stay involved, find out who to contact and find out how the resources that are available to help them grow their business. Well, thank you very much, Raymond. It's been a pleasure. Hey, the honor is mine. The pleasure is mine. It's always good to see William. It's always good to see Edward or Eddie, as you guys have been calling him. And Peter, and now that I know where you're working at, it's always a pleasure to come over and visit you because you know, you're all very good advocates for small business and it's a great family to be a part of. Well, thank you again. All right, Raymond. Thanks for your time. Bye. Until next time, gentlemen. <laughs>